Hey, well, welcome to Thursday and our continuing journey through Scripture. Uh, my name is Philip. I'm pastor of Journey here in Elegan, Texas. Glad you've joined us today. Uh, whether you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on uh, podcasts, I, I do encourage you, if this is something that is beneficial uh, to you and something that you're enjoying, uh, share this with other people. Get, let them be able to kind of go through Scripture. Uh, you can pick up any time. Uh, this is not, uh, we, we, we don't really connect this with anything going on uh, currently around us, so you can listen to this at any point. So I just encourage you to do that if, if, uh, if you feel it's beneficial. Uh, I, I hope that it is uh, to you. Uh, I know I'm enjoying it. It's, it's, there's so much to be able to talk about, but it, it really gives us a good complete picture uh, of Scripture and a complete picture of God and His relationship with us. Uh, and I think it's just going to be beneficial uh, as we continue going, and, and hopefully it'll be something that strengthens uh, your faith. Uh, today, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 45, and we're going all the way through 51. We're finishing out the book of Genesis, uh, which is which is great. I mean, it, you've got to you've got to finish a book in order to get through the whole Bible. So we have uh, finally finished uh, Genesis after today. Uh, so take a moment uh, if you need to pause this uh, to to read starting in chapter 45 all the way to 51, uh, and then join us on the other side. All right. So we left off where uh, Joseph has met his brothers. He sent them back uh, you know, to, to Canaan. Uh, he kept Simeon, um, and now they have come back with Benjamin. Uh, and they, they, Benjamin has, uh, Joseph placed a cup in Benjamin's sack, remember, and, and uh, kind of accused him of stealing that. And his brothers are stepping up. Judah especially is stepping up and saying, no, you, you cannot do this. Please uh, do, do anything else. Take me. Uh, do not take Benjamin, our youngest brother. Our father can't handle that. And so we get to chapter 45, and you have the unbelievable reveal. And, uh, and I shouldn't do this, but it, is a, a, it, it reminds me of the scene from Star Wars uh, whenever <laughs> Luke realizes that Darth Vader is, is his father, right? Except that, that he was kind of crushed about that. Uh, but, Joseph's brothers, now all of a sudden they're realizing that it's Joseph. In fact, Joseph says, I am Joseph, right? He doesn't say, I am your father, but he says, I am Joseph, your brother. And they're dumbstruck, you know? I mean, they can't even speak. It says, he asked them a question about his father. Is my, how is my father doing? And they're just sitting there, uh, you know, can you imagine what was going through their minds? I mean, it, just the terror, uh, what is he going to do? Um, and, and Joseph has already wept. Uh, he, he, you can tell that his, his heart is over, overflowing with gratitude that he's having this opportunity to be reunited with his family. And he's so excited that his brothers have changed, it appears, uh, uh, that they are uh, willing to protect Benjamin. They, they seem to show remorse and for regret for what they have done. And, uh, and so Joseph is just overwhelmed. And their response, the brother's response, makes sense. It's like, oh no, what's going to happen now? And Joseph, he, he does this a couple of times, and we'll, we'll uh, end on, on this as well. But there in, in verse uh, 6 of chapter 45, Joseph says, For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, verse 5, 
but now do not uh, therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Right? So Joseph's perspective on this is incredible. Right? He is forgiving them. He's saying, do not be grieved by this. Uh, God actually used this to preserve your life, to preserve my father's life, to preserve so many lives. And, and this does bring you know, into the question a little bit of this, this tension that we have with, with free will and, uh, and God's role. And, and some people have the view that, that God is kind of pulling all the strings and controls everything so we, that we don't, really don't have free will. Other people say, no, we, we have complete free will. We can do whatever we want. Uh, and, and, and the reality is it's, it's a mixture of all of that, right? that we're not going to fully understand. It is obvious that we have free will to choose things and that there are consequences, both good and bad, that come from our, our choices. It's also obvious that God does interact with the world around us and that God's desire is to bring good for those who are faithful to him, those who, who fear him. Now, it may not look the way that we think it's going to for a long time. I promise you, Joseph wasn't thinking things were going very good. But God never quit working through this process. And even if we don't understand that completely, what a wonderful perspective and a healthy perspective for Joseph to have. That he was like, you know, listen, I know what you did was bad and it was unfair and I suffered because of it. But God worked through it. You know, that he did not blame God for the suffering. He said, no, God used that to bring about something good. And that is a very important uh, thing that we need to, to hold on to and remember, that God works through the difficulties of life. He works through the challenges that you face. And if you allow him to, he will bring you to a, uh, to a good place. Your circumstances may not be what you thought they were going to be, and they may not be perfect or they won't be perfect. But God works to bring about good, and it is vital for us to, to keep our, our focus there and not to get caught up in blaming God, not to get caught up uh, in uh, you know, giving up and thinking that God has abandoned us, because that is never the case. God always works with us and is, is with us whenever we go through the unfairness and the difficulties of life. And so through the rest of chapter 45, uh, Joseph is... Uh, talking back and forth with his brothers, and he's, he wants them to go and get Jacob and bring the family to Egypt uh, because he knows this famine is going to continue. And so they just need to, to move up uh, to, uh, to Egypt. And so Joseph's brothers go back. Uh, they tell Jacob, uh, and that's kind of an awkward conversation. It's like, hey, guess what we found? You know, yeah, your son from 30 years ago, remember how he didn't come back one time? Yeah, he somehow ended up in Egypt, you know, and uh, what what a challenging conversation that must have been. And uh, and so we get to chapter forty six, and uh, and Joseph is he uh, Jacob has decided, okay, it's time we need to go. So he packs up his whole household, and they're leaving Cana, going to Egypt. Now remember that they are in the place that God has called them to be. They're in Canaan. They're in the promised land, and now they're leaving. And that had to be a, a difficult 
decision to make. Um, and maybe one that starts making you question, okay, God, what I thought this was, I thought this was the end game. I thought we were supposed to be here. Um, but now we feel like we need to go to Egypt. And, and it was the right decision. They were going through this famine. And so it's interesting right there in the uh, first of chapter 46, uh, in Beersheba, where we have seen uh, multiple uh, offerings be made before. And, uh, and so Jacob is there. He offers sacrifices uh, to God at that place. Uh, and then God spoke to Jacob or spoke to Israel in a, in a vision that night. He said, Jacob, Jacob. And Jacob said, here I am. Right? And, uh, and God says this. He says, I am God, the God of your father. Do not fear to go down to Egypt. For I will make of you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt, and I will also surely bring you up again. And Joseph will put his hands on your eyes. Right? So he's, he's acknowledging that he's going to see Joseph. He's going to get a chance to see Joseph before he dies. Um, but he reassures him that, okay, I know you're leaving the promised land, but I am still with you. Do not fear this decision. I am going to be with you. Um, again, we, we have that idea of God telling us not to fear. Fear is powerful. Fear, we are going to be experiencing fear from all different directions throughout your life. And one thing that we see through Scripture over and over and over again is God saying, do not fear, which means he understands that there are reasons to be fearful. But we choose to put faith and trust in God and not to be overcome by fear. And so now Jacob goes, knows that he has God's blessing and that God is not giving up on them, that God's promise is not rendered null because they are leaving the promised land and going to Egypt. In fact, God is going to do something even greater. And he promises Jacob that you will go down there, your people will flourish, and I will surely bring them back. He doesn't tell Jacob what that's going to look like. Uh, but he gives that promise uh, to Jacob. So uh, Jacob uh, gets back. We, we start seeing all of the, uh, the lineage of Jacob, his sons and their sons. Uh, and it, it actually ends in ver- chapter 46, verse 27. says, all the persons of the house of Jacob who went to Egypt were 70. All right, that number that has significance. It means completeness. It's a, a, a divine completion. Uh, so the, the complete number of people who represented God's promised uh, people made their way to Egypt. And so now God's people, all of them in their totality, they are now in Egypt. Uh, and they settle in the land of Goshen because they are shepherds. Uh, they raise livestock. And again, we actually see uh, every <laughs> says every shepherd is an abomination to the Egyptians, right? They don't like this type of people. They don't like the nomadic type of people. And, uh, and so uh, Joseph tells them, he, he uh, asks Pharaoh, Pharaoh is gracious uh, to give uh, Jacob and the people this land in Goshen where they're going to take care of the livestock. And Pharaoh actually says, can you help take care of our livestock as well? So, so there is a good relationship at this time with Pharaoh and Joseph. And, uh, and, and so Pharaoh, because of his relationship with Joseph, 
uh, is kind to Joseph's family, gives them this land in Goshen. And uh, we, we see how uh, in uh, chapter 47, um, the, Joseph continues to deal with the famine. He is very wise in how he does this to make sure that, uh, that no one starves to death during the family, uh, famine. Uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. You read through all the different decisions. There's politics going on here. It's kind of interesting. Uh, but Joseph makes sure that people aren't going to do without and that there continues to be a, an exchange of goods uh, during this time. Um, and we get to the end of chapter 47, and uh, uh, Jacob asks Joseph, says, Please do not bury me in Egypt. But let me lie with my fathers. You shall carry me out of Egypt and bury me in their burial place. And, J- and Joseph makes a promise. And that, again, it's reminding us that the people, they knew God's promise to them, that the God's promise was rooted in the land, in the promised land, in Canaan. And so while Jacob knew it was okay for them to be in Egypt because of what was going on, he wanted to be where God's promise was, where the people of God were. And so Joseph promised that he would take him back. Uh, you see Jacob blessing Joseph's sons in chapter 48. Uh, chapter 49, uh, you have uh, Jacob kind of going through all of the sons and, uh, and giving them blessing, but really just kind of expressing and summing up their lives in some way. And it, I, I want to bring this out. Uh, so you first have Reuben. Uh, Jacob is not real kind to Reuben, because remember Reuben had slept with Bilhah, which was the maidservant of Rachel, who was Jacob's wife, right? I don't, I don't think Jacob liked that very much. And he brings that out. He says, that's a promise. Uh, that, that's a problem. So Reuben should have been the greatest of all the tribes, right? So here are the 12 tribes of Israel. They, he, he was the oldest. He should have been the greatest, but he was not. Then you have Simeon and Levi. Um, they, he, uh, Jacob kind of calls them out. Remember whenever their sister, Dinah, was raped uh, and they took vengeance by destroying and killing everyone in a whole city, right? Jacob realized and recognized, you know what, that, that was not the proper response uh, to that kind of evil. You responded to evil with evil. And, uh, and so he kind of holds them accountable. It's interesting what he says to Judah. So Judah is actually the fourth in line. Uh, But it says, Judah, uh, you are he whom your brothers shall praise. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's children shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's whelp. From the prey, my son, you, you have gone up. He bows down. He lies down as a lion. And as a lion, who shall rouse him? The scepter shall not depart from Judah nor a lawgiver from between his feet until Shiloh comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the people, binding his donkey to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washed his garments in wine and his clothes in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth are whiter than milk. Now, if you remember from now on, Judah is the strongest and the most prominent uh, uh, tribe in Israel. David will come from the line of Judah. The kings that are, you know, Solomon comes from the line of Judah. And then guess who comes from the line of Judah a couple thousand years down the road? That's Jesus, comes from the tribe of Judah. 
And it's interesting to see. And Judah was not perfect. Judah made mistakes. But he was someone who he owned his mistakes as soon as he found out about them. Remember the story with him and Tamar? And uh, he slept with Tamar when he shouldn't have. But he owned that mistake right away. <laughs> he, he grew from it. He also showed great uh, uh, maturity in the way that he uh, offered himself uh, instead of Benjamin. Um, and, and so he is growing and maturing. And uh, where the others, maybe there wasn't so much of that going on. Uh, but it's kind of interesting that you see uh, Jacob as his blessing, his last things, if you will, that he's kind of saying about his children, how he elevates Judah. And sure enough, the line of Judah uh, changes the world uh, because we have the Messiah that comes from the line of Judah. We go all the way, we get to Jacob's death. Uh, Joseph con- keeps his uh, promise and asks Pharaoh to, if he could go back to the land. He takes Joseph, uh, Jacob back and buries him uh, there and he gets back and this is, this is an interesting thing. So Jacob's, uh, Joseph's brothers are still a little bit nervous and they're kind of like, okay, now that our dad is gone, is Joseph going to, <laughs> going to retaliate against us? Which This is like 17 years later. Um, and they're still not, not fully sure, you know, uh, has Joseph really completely forgiven us? And, uh, and so they, they kind of plead their case again. And you can tell that Joseph is a, is a little hurt by this. He's like, no, guys, that's not the problem. One thing that's really interesting that I'd never really paid attention before, when they come to Joseph uh, to, to kind of plead their case again, what do they do? They bow down before Joseph a second time. How many g- dreams did Joseph have all the way back at the beginning of the brothers bowing down to him? Two. Now the Bible records specifically two separate times that the brothers are bowing down to Joseph, uh, acknowledging that Joseph has power over them. And uh, Joseph says this, and this is, this is a vital understanding of Scripture, and it kind of goes back to what we talked about just a little bit ago. Verse 19 of chapter 15, 50, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for, for am I in the place of God? And he's like, hey, God's going to deal with you, and clearly they've been suffering the consequences of that, right? It's been hard for them to accept that forgiveness. They, they've endured a lot. But he says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as, as it is this day to save many people alive. Again, this focus on God's desiring good in the face of evil and God even working in spite of evil to bring about good. That is who, he, who God is. And we see in our world today all kinds of evil It is out there, it's impacting all of us in different ways, and if we're not careful, and we always need to be aware that we can can, uh, participate in that. But God is a God who is always working to bring good in spite of evil, and he wants to use us to do that. He used Joseph uh, to bring about good. So Joseph didn't give in to the evil that had happened to him. He, he chose to follow God and to be faithful to God in spite of his circumstances, and he started to experience God's goodness, and we see that. And just as we began in Genesis chapter 1 with God creating a world that was good, and then we see a world that starts to devolve uh, into a little bit of chaos because of the re- results of sin, but that doesn't stop God's desire to, to have 
goodness in the world. And we end Genesis with Joseph saying, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And that's a lesson that goes with us today. So Joseph, at the very end, he's now passes away. He dies. I think this is really important. Uh, Verse 25 says, Then Joseph took an oath from the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here. Uh, So uh, Joseph, he also is going to be buried there in Egypt, but he wants to be taken back and knows at some point God is going to come and bring the people back. It's a little bit of a foreshadowing here that God is going to come and he's going to eventually bring the people back from Egypt back to the promised land. And we'll begin there in Exodus. So uh, read the first uh, um, few, let's see, in, in Exodus. Sorry, I didn't, didn't uh, write that one down. Uh, read the first three chapters of Exodus uh, for next Tuesday, uh, Exodus 1, 2, and 3. So we'll see you on Tuesday. Hope you have a great weekend. And uh, remember, what the world means for evil, God can use for good. Hope you have a wonderful week.